This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. All aboard! Ha, ha, ha! You're on the crazy train! All aboard! <laughs> Welcome to the Wacky Walleye Cutting Edge Outdoor Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Good morning, boys and girls. You know, we at the Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors want to thank all of our listeners for making us the most listened to two-hour live outdoor show in Wisconsin. Dan Bush and me, Tom Neubauer, will take you on an informative and fun ride on the crazy train. But you know what? Danny's not here today. My good friend Ron Heidenreich is filling in for him. And this Saturday morning, you know, we come to you every Saturday from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live, so if you want to get a, be a part of the show, got any questions or comments, just call us at 414-799-1250. Or you can email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. Good morning, Ronald. Hey, good morning, Tom. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How about you this morning? Upright and breathing. Yeah, you know, this morning I, I kind of opened my eyes and I saw sunlight, you know, I saw light in the window, and for a second I thought, oh, my God, over, I overslept. And I sat up in bed and I looked at the clock and it was only 5.14. So, but I thought, oh my goodness! I thought I overslept. I did yeah, that once. Well, it's uh, if another another uh, two weeks. Uh, it'll start getting dark again. Well, the longest day, I guess, is what is it? June twenty second, twenty first or second? Yeah, twenty first or second. Yeah, that's the longest day of the season. And then after that, it starts going back about a about a what about a minute a day or so? Well, a couple, yeah. yeah you know, you know what I've never been able to figure out is how come. When the days are going to start getting shorter, uh, you know, the, at about that time period, why does it just keep getting hotter? <laughs> I know, eh? <laughs> well, it, I guess it's got something to do with the angle of the Earth to the sun. Yeah. Something like that. So, oh, well, hey, listen, we got an email sent to us. Okay. Uh, this is from uh, the Uper. It says, hi, the Uper here. Just got back from Winnebago and got three white bass, two sheephead, and one catfish. We fished 5 p.m. till 9. Only four other boats out. Keep up the good job, guys. Uh, well, here's the thing. I think uh, I don't think he could see all the boats on the lake. I'm sure there were more than just four. Right. But still, um, no 
noise. And, and the Uper is a guy who fishes Winnebago a lot. And I'm oh. surprised he didn't get any walleyes, you know. So Yeah. I don't know. I, I actually haven't heard anything from the Lake Winnebago system in, in quite a while. Yeah, me neither. I, I know they were expecting a bumper year in perch fishing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, they, and and as usual, plenty of walleyes, you know. Right. But I I really haven't heard much. And I know my son, Chris, he... He went, every year he kept saying, let's go to Winnebago, let's go to Winnebago. And I'd say, okay, let's go. But he never wants to pull the plug, you know, <laughs> and and go. I mean, I'm I'm willing, you know, what the heck. You know, I give it a shot. And, you right. know, you know, white bass, I'll clean white bass and eat those. Yep. And, I'll, and I'll smoke those uh, uh, sheephead. What the heck. Well, the one thing with those white bass is that you know you you certainly don't want to put them in a in a basket uh, or in a live well no. uh, and and end up having a fish boil. You want to put them in a cooler on ice right away, and uh, you know to clean them properly, just take the back strap and and you got a good piece of meat to eat. Yeah, and if they got that bloodline, which most of them do, you know that dark spot, you cut that out. Right. And uh, but yeah, you're exactly right. Put them on ice right away. Yeah, actually, uh, that, that's the best, really the best thing you could do with any fish in the summertime. Yeah, that's uh, true. That because you're right, putting them in the live was like a fish boil. <laughs> that's right. You know, the, the the one thing about that, though, with, with putting fish on ice is you do need to be careful if you're on a lake that has a minimum size limit or a slot. Mm-hmm. Um, I can recall back when they first put the Winnebago system on a, uh, 15-inch minimum size limit. This was about, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. Guys were putting 15-inchers in their in their cooler, and when they got checked later later in the day, they were like 14 and 7 eighths and 14 and 3 quarters because they shrunk because they got cold. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. you'd want to get you'd want to get them at least 15 and a half. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, for sure to be that'd be really safe, but. Uh, you do have to be careful when you put things on ice. They get cold and they shrivel up. Well, tell me if you think this was wrong of me. Many years ago, I ran a, a tournament out of uh, out on Pewaukee Lake out of Muskie Bills. Yep. And I insta- instead of a 14-inch size limit for the tournament, I had a 14 and a half inch size limit because I told these guys, you know, and there were you know quite a few boats. I told him, I said, look, if you bring me a 13-and-a-half-inch fish or a 13-and-three-quarter-inch fish and a DNR standing here, and you turn it over to me, now it's in my possession, you know, and I'm stuck with an undersized fish. And I says, and I don't want that to happen. So I says, we got a 14-and-a-half-inch size limit. Nobody had a problem with it except one guy. <laughs> he complained up and down. And I said, well, there's only one, one situ. I mean, I said, there's only one remedy. He says, what's that? And I said, catch bigger fish. You know? <laughs> I mean, but I, I, was I wrong in doing that an extra half an inch? No, no. And the, and the reason being is that uh, I don't know if, if you were the actual person that was totally running this tournament, but anybody that's running tournaments, um, if there's a, a certain amount of anglers, they have to pull a permit from the state of Wisconsin. Well, years and, ago, and we you can't jeopardize that. that that permit by getting possibly caught with fish that are short. Yeah, nowadays you got to get a permit. Back then you didn't. Okay. Back then it was the wild west. You know, okay. 
Yeah, we're talking a long time. I mean, Muskie Bills, that was a long time ago. Oh, that's 25 years ago. Yeah, and for people listening to the show now who don't know or never heard of Muskie Bills, it was a, it was a bar in a launch area, park setting, you know, on Pewaukee Lake. That was like, uh, I don't know, it was, was it like the mecca for muskie fishermen in that, you know? It was, it was. They had a... They had uh, weekly bass tournaments, and they also had some uh, a handful of muskie tournaments there. Yeah, because they had the well, the the chapter challenge was always there, and the the Pewaukee Muskie Classic was always there. And I mean, there yeah, there was a lot of tournaments held out of there. So yeah, it was it was quite the place, you know, quite busy. So, right. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, that was pretty good. And now you've been. You've been up in Three Lakes and Hayward, uh, oh boy, a whole bunch of times this past month. Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I have a, I have a travel trailer parked on a Chippewa flowage in, in the Hayward area, and my regular fishing partner has one parked on the Three Lakes chain in uh, Eagle River area. Well, tell so us we first went up. Uh, I was actually chain. gone for about eleven days on that trip, and we started out on the Three Lakes chain, and then we ended up over by me on the Chippewa flowage, and then couple of the other uh, Hayward Lakes that are nearby me. Oh, and we how had, did it we go had, on the um, Three Lakes chain? Yes, the Three Lakes chain. Yeah, how did it go? On there? Well, we it was spotty. We had a couple of really good days, and we had a couple of stinkers in there, and, and uh, that's the way the whole 11 days went. But, you know, we ended up catching approximately 300 bass in the 11 days. But, you know, we had a couple out. of days that were really good. You know, we'd have... Uh, 40 to 50 fish days, and then we had a couple of days where we caught 10 in a day, and we had a, one day we only caught six. Are those, those were smallmouth? Uh, almost all smallmouth. Like we, I, we might have caught four or five largemouth. Okay. And uh, but we had a we had a bumper uh, bumper trip on the muskies. We usually catch. It's it's not unusual to catch 10 muskies by accident bass fishing on the Three Lakes chain uh, in in May. Uh, this year we caught fourteen. Wow! Yeah, but you know they're not big. We had we had, the best one was like forty-two inches. For the most part, they're like twenty-five to thirty-five inches. Okay. Okay. And what about the chip? Uh, on the chip, uh, we caught a bunch of smallmouth there. Uh, they were smaller, and and at the size structure on the chip or flowage on the smallmouth tends to be on a on the smaller side. You know, there's some. Uh, 18 to 19, maybe a 20 inch or here and there, but for the most part, uh, a, a nice size smallmouth is about 15 to 16 inches. Okay. Uh, and and you, uh, but the one thing that is interesting is that on flowages, and I'm going to call a three lakes chain of flowages. You know, it's about 20 lakes that are all connected together with tannic tannic water, tannic colored water. Those fish tend to be short and stout. And then you get on a lake like uh, Round or Couderay uh, or Grindstone Lake, and they tend to be longer, but they don't have that deep belly on them. Yeah. And, uh, so it's, it's like they're two different strains of fish on, on those two different types of bodies of water. Were there many people at uh, Three Lakes and Chippewa Flowage? Uh, many people uh, out no, there? No, not a lot. Not a lot. It seems... It it just seems like up there nowadays that things don't get going until Memorial Day weekend for tourism. Huh. Well, I, I can recommend one thing to our local anglers. Stay away from Little Muskego uh, <laughs> during the week after, no, after 12 o'clock noon 
and on the weekends after 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm telling you, that place is such a zoo. Oh, my Lord. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's, i got to believe it's like that on most of these uh, southern Wisconsin well, lakes. You well, know, for just... some reason, some of the lakes aren't as bad as others, you know. Little Muskego has been one of those lakes that is just terrible, and since it's it's close to my son's house, you know, he's gonna Nick is going to be calling us at 7 o'clock. Ah. You know, he bought a new boat. They, I mean, nice. Good new to him. him, okay? New to him. And uh, we took it out there a few times. And, you know, but the funny thing is, even though it was busier than heck, okay, I still caught bass. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you, you can still catch them, but you just had to get away from the maddening crowd. But it seemed like one day they were <laughs> they were all around you. It was crazy, especially the jet skiers. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I would recommend watching out for that. I mean, that lake and Big Cedar's another one like that, you know, that gets crazy. What, uh, what is the acreage on Little Muskego? Maybe 300, oh, 400? Uh, probably 400, maybe. Yeah, that's not and very big. Not very big, no. And, and it's, it can get quite crazy, you know. So, I mean, it's like uh, it's like Delavan Lake again, you know. Yeah. You go down there, and that's nuts, too. Even though Delavan Lake is an awesome lake for just about any kind of fish except muskie, uh, it, it just gets so darn busy, you know, that it, it's just not fun anymore, you know. Spe- speaking of Delavan and muskies, when, when they reclaimed that lake, and, and that's that's got to be close to 20 years ago, maybe more, yeah. well, did they not plant some muskies in there? Yes, I think they did because there are some muskies in that lake. Okay. And so I'm, I'm pretty sure they put a few in, and as, as a matter of fact, I think they have a 40-inch size limit on them. Okay. But uh, you, you don't see many. One time when I was there, I got a follow-up that I swore was a muskie following it up. It sure looked like one to me, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, it hung around a while, too, while I did a figure eight, and then it took off. But, yeah, it, it sure enough looked like one. But, okay. uh, you know, there's not a lot of them. But boy, they got big pike and they got lots of walleyes. They got huge bass, nice panfish. I mean, hmm. it is a it is a really good lake. But again, after ten o'clock in the morning in the summer, it's nuts. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. You know, I, I used to fish a lake um, a long time ago up in um, I think that was actually Fond du Lac County. It was Long Lake. It was the, like the headwaters of the Milwaukee River, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I, I was fishing for largemouth bass and pike, and they had a, uh, a no-wake uh, restriction on there until, I think it was from like 10 at night until 10, 10 in, in the morning. morning. And yeah. that was actually pretty nice. I mean, you had the lake to yourself. You could idle around, and, and then 10 o'clock, let the, let the recreational boaters have at it. And right. I, and you know what? After this break, we'll talk a little bit about some of those lakes that have that 10 o'clock no-wake period. I mean, that, that is pretty sweet. And with that, folks, we're going to be right back. Ron Heidenreich and myself, Tom Neubauer, along with Sam Schmitz on the board, we'll be right back with more of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants and Coleman Insect Repellents. 
You know, earlier, Ron, we were talking about lakes that have that uh, no wake until 10 a.m. in the morning, and I'll tell you what, you know, you mentioned Long Lake, and that that's a really good lake unless, uh, well, I remember one year it got this uh, heavy bloom on it on the lake. Okay. I mean, the, the, I mean, the whole lake was just covered with this green snot, you know, green mm-hmm. elephant snot. And you had to look for pockets to drop your lures in. I mean, really, I mean, we still caught some fish when we got it in those pockets, but I'm telling you, it was terrible. It was just terrible. So you got to watch out for that bloom over there. But uh, Pike Lake is another one that's got that no wake till 5, and that's, that's like you said, that's enjoyable to fish without people racing around like crazy. You know, let, let the recreational boaters have it after 10 o'clock. I mean, I'm out there at 5.30 in the morning, and come 10 o'clock, okay, I've, I've caught enough fish. I've had my fun, you know. Right. And there's there's a few other lakes that are around the area. That, God, I just can't think of the name of them that have that no wake till 10. And, you know, I, I, I wish there were more lakes that did that, you know. I think, matter of fact, I think Browns Lake is one of them, too. Browns Lake over by Burlington. It could be. I think that's one. But I, wish I would imagine that the the on the DNR's website there might be a uh, a listing of the lakes that are are uh, no wake. Yeah, it, 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 the, I wish I knew more of them because I would go to those lakes first. Right, <laughs> I would. Right. I mean, unless you got a big lake, you know, if you got a big lake, you know, you go to Nagawica, you know, that's over a thousand acres, so you know, you can find areas to fish, you know, where there's not you know a lot of people around you, you know. Right. And, and Oconomowoc Lake, it's tough to get on it, you know, for for some of the recreational vehicles like the big inboards, you know. Right. Uh, uh, if you got an outboard, that's fine, you know. You can trim it up, but the inboards, that's pretty tough. And and you don't see a lot of jet skiers, you know, launching their boats there. You have a few right. once in a while, but not many. And, I can and recall back on uh, when I was when I was at Smokey's, uh, and I'd be opening it, opening the store up, and there would be people out there, and and you know they probably had jobs where they didn't start until nine or ten in the morning, but there'd be people out there water skiing at seven o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah, and there were you know, there were these get two done guys water skiing and then go to work. Yeah, there were these two attorneys. Uh, I mean, I found out from somebody that they were attorneys that uh, lived on Nagawica Lake, and at six in the morning, because we'd be out there, you know, by earlier than six. At six in the morning, they'd be water skiing, and you know the 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 no wake buoys. Yep. They'd be slaloming between the no wake buoys. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and yeah, every morning for about I don't know half an hour to an hour, they would be doing that, and then uh, then I guess they went home, changed, and went to work. You know, so <laughs> that's about the time you wish the lake police would be out there to see them doing that. Oh yeah, between the buoys. Yeah, I know that. Jeez. Oh, oh well. Well, yeah. what are you going to do, right? Well, you know, at least at that point, they weren't bothering anybody. You know, there was right. nobody over there where they were doing it. So, right. anyway. But, yeah. Well, and hey, you know, you know what weekend this is, Tom? Oh, yeah, this is free fishing weekend, isn't it? It is free fishing weekend. Go out there and, and uh, go from shore, go rent a boat, go fish for uh, a day, a half a day, and you don't have to buy a license. That's right. No, And as a matter of fact, you don't need uh, a, you don't have to pay a park uh, fee. Right at the at the state parks. If it's a state park, not a county yeah. park, but a state park. Right, state park, no fees. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. This is I forgot about that. This is the weekend that anybody can go out there. So, yep. And and I gotta mention that after the gut report at six thirty. I mean, for the gut report, 
after 6.30, I've got not just a cooking tip, but a cooking recipe, too. Oh. I got both. And, and yeah, so I, I hope people enjoy it. And then you, uh, you wrote the Hornschwaggle uh, statements. Yep. Right? You got them all ready for That's after uh, 6.45. Right. So we've got a lot of nice prizes to give away for that. Hey, Tom. Yeah. You want to take a call here real quick? You betcha. All right, let's go to Rich in Milwaukee here on the Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, good morning, Rich. How you doing? Well, hold on one second. Okay. Here. It's a little tricky with you guys on the, on the phone. All right, now let's go to Rich in Milwaukee. All right. Good morning, Rich. Hey, good morning. I wanted to see if either one of you have ever experienced this on Winnebago. Uh, on the southeast corner of Winnebago, there's a town called Pipe. Yeah. And years ago, we used to, uh, during the summer, we used to walk or wade out there till about either waist or chest deep. And like a switch, at about 8 o'clock at night, the school of white bass would come into shore. And they were just driving these uh, bait fish. I don't know if they were shad or, or minnows or what they were. And you'd wade out there, and you'd get as many white bass as you, you know, within an by the time it got dark, as you could carry. Now, this happened for about three years in a row, and I just thought this was a, 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 an annual phenomenon that occurred, and then we went there like the following year or two and, and never got a fish. Do you ever hear such a thing? Well, I personally, I, I have fished out of pipe before, but uh, I, I've never been there that late in the evening. It's always during okay. the day, and I'm home. I'm home by dinner time, you know, so... Um, and I've never experienced that, so I, I don't know. What about you, Ron? Well, I've, I've never experienced it, but just the fact that you said you, you know it lasted around three years or so, my guess is that the um, the bumper crop of bait that they were they were pushing around either dwindled or, or uh, moved on to another section of the lake. Yeah, and is that the only place, Rich, you ever saw that happen? It's the only place I've seen it, and it, it, you know, you could throw any bait you wanted at. In fact, the last year I did it, I brought my fly rod and talk about fun. Oh, I can imagine. And these, how many these would fish you... were like averaging, I think at the time, about thirteen inches, and, um, and they just, it just, it was just unbelievable fun. <laughs> and how many did you carry? Well, you, you know, you know, <laughs> if, if, if you kept twenty-five, you were happy. You could have caught a lot more, but uh, that's a lot of cleaning. That that is, that's a lot of fish cleaning to do. Well, I, yeah, we never heard of that. So, anyway, anyway, well, thanks for calling. Hey, good show, guys. Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah, like you said, Ron. You know, sometimes it could be, uh, you know, the bait fish. Uh, maybe they moved. Maybe there were less of them. You know, who knows? You know, right? Yeah, I mean, fish you know, do move bait fish are like you know anything. They go in. They go in uh, cycles, and uh, things don't last forever. You know, yeah, and, pattern, and a pattern you got this year may not move. exist in the following year. Yeah. So anyway, well, that was interesting. I, I don't. I. I mean, I have seen schooling fish before, like bass. You know. Yep. Seen a school of them, um, but uh, never white bass. I, well, I take that back. I have. I have seen, but not like a regular thing in a certain spot. You know. So. There was um at, there was a time when we had a boat launch on North Lake, uh, that in the summer months the white bass would push the bait up to the surface and and uh, you could catch them on small artificials uh, in the top couple feet of the water column. Uh-huh. And those white bass were huge. I mean, they went up to like twenty inches. Wow. They were giant white bass. Well, I'm not going to get started on North Lake. 
I I have vowed to be the kinder, gentler Tommy, the true. You know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. Otherwise, uh, boy, uh, I could just get going on that baby. <laughs> I knew uh, I'd wind yeah. you up. But you know, I mean, you know, I guess I, I don't know, Ron. Maybe there's other parts of the state that have their problems too. You know, that where lakes don't have certain launches. You know, whatever. You know. I'm sure there is. We just don't hear about them, you know. Well, for the most part, I'm not sure what the dividing line is going to be, but I know lakes that are above Highway 64, you don't pay anywhere. And oh, nice I launches. Northern and got Wisconsin, the why is that? that? Pretty clean. All the launches so, are free. It's just, you know, I, I never paid for a boat launch uh, at all this year, you know, and, and I don't plan on it. I know. All the launch or launches up north are free. Yep. But yet down here we pay exorbitant fees, you know. Right. And 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 it's like in a lot of lakes up north they've got multiple launches, you know. Right. I mean, okay, some of them don't have maybe don't have a the boat dock. Most of them do, but you know some don't. But hey, so what? You know. Right. I mean, we can live. And, with and you that. know, we're, we're kind of fortunate. I'm not sure what the rates are all over, but I know on Pewaukee they're like. Eight or nine dollars uh, on a on a county launch, and Smokies is uh, adds up to about twelve with the parking fee. But there's launches like Lake Geneva. You're talking over twenty dollars to launch a boat. Oh wow, it's crazy. That is crazy. Well, I'll tell you what's not crazy, and that's taking a break at the bottom of the hour. Coming up next is the gut report, and don't forget after the six forty five break, we've got the Hornschwaggle. So stay tuned, folks, right here on the Sports Radio 1250 AM, The Fan. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Okay, first of all, did you know that baking powder loses its potency when stored for too long? Now, it's been recommended that you keep it in a cool cabinet for no longer than 12 months. Now, if you're not sure whether it's still good, try this test. Take a third of a cup of hot tap water and add a teaspoon of baking powder. If the mixture bubbles vigorously, the powder is still active. If the bubbling action is weak or non-existent, the powder has lost its leavening powder and should be replaced. Now, when it comes to baking soda, it's good indefinitely. But, you know, it's good past its uh, best buy date. But the rule of thumb is if you've had an unopened can for like two years, okay, that's okay. But six months for an open package, that's about it. It can lose its potency over time. So, okay, those are the two tips. Here's the recipe. Right now, people are catching a lot of fish. And what do people like with fish? Okay, besides French fries. Okay, is tartar sauce. Now, if it's a really good fish, you don't need tartar sauce, but people do like tartar sauce. Now, these are my two favorites. There's many, many ways to make tartar sauce. These are just mine. You take about a half a cup of mayonnaise, a tablespoon of sweet pickle relish, a teaspoon of McCormick's garlic pepper, and about a teaspoon or two of lemon juice. Mix that up. You know, change some of the amounts if you like it. It's up to you. It's very good. Now, here's one. Got a little heat to it, a little twist with a little heat. Mix mayonnaise with Frank's sweet chili sauce. A little kick to it. How much chili sauce 
else you want in there, eh, that's up to you. Try those two. I'm sure you'll like them. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you're going to find the best price, selection, and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow and Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to DiscountLiquorInc.com. Back to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Baitmate and Coleman Insect Repellent. So that sounded pretty good, Tom. That the uh, tartar sauce recipes. Yeah, those two. Those are my favorites. But you know, there are many other ways to make tartar sauce. You know, but those two are my favorites. Um, We've made it up already, where we we would use a uh, uh, sour cream and uh, uh, mayonnaise, and then some pickle relish and seasonings and stuff like that. But the mm-hmm. The, if you use some sour cream in here, it's, it's like a, a real bright and fresh uh, fresh aspect to your tartar sauce. It yeah, you know, kind of brightens things up. Sometimes uh, mixing sour cream with mayonnaise is a good idea. You know, that is good. There's nothing wrong with that, that's yep. for sure. And, uh, you know, you didn't tell us, uh, what were your favorite lures when you were up north catching all those fish? Well, we, we kind of went through a progression there. We, you know, we started out with colder water, and, and we ended up with warmer water, so... The, the first uh, part of the trip, we were getting fish on, on um, the category of jerk baits, which are, in our, the case, we use like a, a lot of mega bass baits and, and uh, lucky craft baits. And they're, they're like a Rapala-shaped bait that you you cast out and you, you, you jerk it, you know, twitch it, pause it, twitch it, pause it. So that, that is generally a pretty good cold water presentation. Then we got some on hair jigs, just a plain hair jig, swimming the jig, not not jigging it like you would for walleyes, but just right. swinging it, swimming it below the surface, uh, two feet down, three feet down. Then we progressed to topwater baits, which uh, we were getting them on, on walk-the-dog type baits and poppers. Okay. And then then at the very end, uh, just this last weekend, uh, the wife and I were up and... and uh, we caught them on on a bait that is a category called a spy bait, which is just a a small, about a two and a half inch long bait with a tiny, tiny propeller on the front and back, uh, and it's a subsurface bait. And uh, we we whacked them pretty good last weekend on on uh, on spy baits. Okay. So uh, you know when you go for that period of time, there's there's typically going to be a progression as to what works, and based upon water temperatures. Yeah, that's why uh, we have to have a number of things available to us. Now, I'm going out tomorrow, and uh, I'm going to a, a, a lake that I've been to before, going with two of my sons. And the thing is, is that I know I know the lake as far as where we're going to fish and what we're fishing for. And so I'm, normally I take like six rods with me, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to somebody's boat. I take like six. Today, I mean, tomorrow I'm only taking three, and I've already got stuff on them. I know exactly what I'm going to use, you know. So, yep. I, I mean, if I know what I'm going to, you know, because a lot of times, let's face it, guys take too many rods with them in the boat, and they never use them all. They use two or three, you know, and that's about it, you know. <laughs> and uh, the other thing I always recommend is, I mean, at least for me, I always put my lures on before. I mean, I don't want to be out in the boat 
going in my tackle box, tying out lures while we're in a spot where there's fish, you know. I want to be ready for them right as soon as I get there. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, so I got a, I got a, got a wacky style worm on one. I got a, a, a pop R on another. And then I have uh, a spinner bait on another. Okay. And that's all I need. That's all I'm going to need. And I know I'm going to catch fish. I just, but, you know, we're, we're going to be at the launch probably at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I'm hoping we're off of the water by 10, 11. Yep. Because tomorrow's going to be brutal. Just like Yeah, today. it's going to be hot out there. Yeah, it's going to be hot. So, so I'm going to take a lot of, of water. Of, uh, of fishing rods in the boat, um, I, I had a bit of a disaster last weekend. Oh, no. Uh, I had the wife with me, which is, she, she's a wonderful fishing partner. But it was cold and windy, and... So we're, we're, we're fishing for smallmouth, and she's, I, I've got a, a, a ranger bass boat, and she's up in the front of the boat. I always let her have the front of the boat. And she's kind of fishing about a 45-degree angle to the to the boat off, off the side. And I said to her, I said, i got to get in the rod locker and get another rod out. And she didn't hear me because she had her hood up. It, the wind was blowing. I probably didn't say it loud enough. So I open up the rod locker to pull out a rod, and she decides to swivel her seat, you know, about 45 degrees, and put her left foot down. And well, there was nothing there, <laughs> and her left foot went down into the rod locker, and all I heard was crunch, crunch, crunch. Three oh, no. of my rods are snapped in pieces. <laughs> oh, how many rods? Three. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, and oh they were, my they were uh, you know, oh, all, all custom-built rods. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was a, it, it's going to cost us some money to replace them. It, it was an accident. She didn't get hurt. She actually fell then in the boat, you know, because she lost her balance because there was nothing underneath her foot except rods yeah. that were breaking. And oh. uh, But she didn't get hurt. That's the main thing. And uh, today we laugh about it. You know, that day it was a little sad, but today we laugh about it. Oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes accidents happen in a boat, you know. Well, it, it was a total accident, that's for yeah. sure. Like I say, I, I maybe didn't say it loud enough. She didn't hear me. She had her hood up. It was cold. It was miserable. But, uh, you know, that stuff happens. Well, you know, that that's pretty nice that you fish with your wife because there's a lot of guys uh, who, who wouldn't even think of it, you know. Right. Uh, to fish with their wives. I, you know, my wife fished with me a couple of times over the years, but I think the last time she fished with me was on Big Muskego. And uh, after that, she never wanted to go anymore. Wow. She, uh, yeah. She, did she catch fish? Uh, you know, I really don't remember. I'm sure yeah, we did. I mean, I mean to me, that's the key. You don't can't catch fish I mean, on you gotta take them and You better sell all your like rods. Like I say, I've, I've, you know, I could stand in front of my boat, and, and when you're bass fishing, the guy in the front of the boat is going to catch three-quarters of the bass. Yeah. And I always make sure she's in the bow of the boat. Yeah. I just, I, well, actually, you know, I always wish that she would go with me more often, but she just, she just didn't care for it too much, you know? She just really didn't get into it. Which it's, it's all right, you know. It's not for everybody, I guess. You know. Right. Yeah, that's right. fine. Whatever. Well, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you can get her interested. Now that you're uh, you're retired, that maybe you can go a little more often and get her more interested. No, I'm sure she won't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tom, we got another caller if you want to take. Yeah, let's go. All right, let's go to Keith in Waukesha. Hey, good 
morning, Keith. How you doing? Morning, guys. How you doing? What's Good. up? I got a question for you. Uh, you know, I fish a lot of lakes in Waukesha County. Or, well, it's not a lot, but my few. But uh, big mosquito this year. I don't know why the heck they can't put another board in that dam and get that water up. I mean, it is a swamp pit this this year for some reason. I mean, you is had that it, warm weather and everything bloomed. You know. Is it hard to get to Bass's Bay? Ah, uh, yeah. You. I mean, I know where to go, but a lot of guys they go out there with a little bigger boat, they're in trouble. You know. I mean, it's, it's just that bad this year. I've never seen weed grow. I mean, I fished it for thirty years. I've never seen weed growth like this in my life. Really? And another thing is Koshkanon. I mean, this is a lake that, that's maybe four to six foot deep anyway, and they got that dam open, and I guess I don't launch at Dalmans too often, but I guess the guys are telling me you can't even launch there because the water's only like six to ten inches deep. Really? I don't know if it's that. They got the dam open, and the whole lake is down about two feet. If you get that lake down two feet, you're in the mud. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I wonder why the DNR is doing that. I mean, you know, you got a walleye fishery there, and you get the days of 90-degree temperature, and the... <laughs> You're going to get oxygen depletion in there and everything. It's going to be a, a bummer, you know. I mean, it's a big water, and it gets windy at areas. But I don't know why they just draw these lakes down in the summertime. It, it just makes no sense. So, huh. Keith, are they doing any maintenance on a dam on Koshkin? I heard they were doing something down there, but you would think that they could, uh, you know, the guys are really grumbling. I mean, a lot of people use that lake. It takes a lot of pressure off uh, area lakes, too, you know, with people down there. And uh, Yeah. You take a couple big bodies of water out of the system, and all you do is, like you say, you try to go to these lakes, and after 10 o'clock, you take your life in your hand on half of them. You know, the guys are jet skiing and water skiing and, and you know everything else. So yeah. I'm like you. I'm there at 4.35 in the morning. I'm off by 10. But uh, Yeah, I know what you mean, Keith. And uh, you talked about Delavin, too, the same thing there. We tried that uh, a week or two down there, and you talked about elephant snot. I mean, you couldn't. You couldn't go anywhere, and we were fishing mainly looking for bluegills and crappies, and this is the first time in my life I went to that lake, and I got totally skunked. And I know about eight spots to go. That's usually pretty good, but every place was that that green slime that catches on everything. And it was floating all over? Well, I, you couldn't. It wasn't floating, but you you couldn't bring nothing up without having a big snot on it. You know what okay, I'm saying? I got it, yeah. So it's... Uh, just a little, little disappointing, and uh, like I say, more people uh, are using the resources. But uh, like you say, with the boat launch fees, eleven, twelve, thirteen, yeah. that's that's ridiculous. So. Well, thanks for the call, Keith. Thanks that's for right. the info. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, if you can find out any information on why they're drawing this water down and why Big Mosquito won't put another board in that dam is is beyond my comprehension. So. All right, maybe one of our listeners will give us a buzz. Okay, thanks much, guys. All right, yeah, and they can call us at seven nine nine twelve fifty now. Coming up next is the Hornschwaggle. Ron's going to make three statements. You've got to guess whether it's a Hornschwaggle or no Hornschwaggle. If you get two out of three correct, you're going to win a $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market. And Carl's Country Market is in Menominee Falls on the corners of uh, Silver Spring and Pilgrim Road. Uh, and if you're here, here, listen to this, if you're looking for German specialties, they got, they got it. German specialty items, they got them. And if they don't, just ask them. You know, they might be able to get it. So that's Carl's Country Market, a $10 gift, gift certificate. Also, you'll get a really nice prize package from Baitmate Fish Attractants and Coleman Insect Repellents. And let's face it, you can use Baitmate Fish Attractants any time of the year, and Coleman Insect Repellents you really need in the summertime. So if you want to be a contestant, now remember... If you've won in the last couple months, don't bother calling because Sam the man is, keeps a list of who's won, and uh, you don't want to be kicked off, you know, if you make a call. So let somebody else have a chance at winning, and uh, 
call Sam at 414-799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. Be the contestant and a lucky winner in the Hornschwaggle. Welcome back to the Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented to you by Baitmate Fish Attractments and Coleman Insect Repellents. Uh, Tom, by the way, I just received a text. I know you don't do text, but some one of these years you're going to have to get into texting. <laughs> no uh, way. One of our good listeners, Aaron, texted me, and he said they are doing repairs on the Koshkanon Dam. All right. That's why it's low, then. Okay. So thank you, Aaron, for that text. Yeah. So, Sam, do we have a contestant for the Hornschwaggle? Yes, we do. Today we got Mike in Milwaukee. Yeah, good morning, Mike. Well, Ron, take it away. Here's Okay, Mike, do uh, you know how the Hornschwaggle goes? Actually, it's Mark. Oh, Mark. Okay, Mark. Mark. Okay, Not bad, Mark. Mark. Sorry about that. Do you know how the Hornschwaggle contest works? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. I'm going to give you three statements. You let me know if I'm, uh, if I'm fibbing or if I'm telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. In Wisconsin... The largemouth and smallmouth bass season is open for catch and release year-round. Hornschwaggle or no hornschwaggle? That would be no hornschwaggle. That's correct. All right. That's one. Halfway home. Okay. Uh, the blooming of lilac bushes is a signal to fishermen that the bass are about to spawn. Hornschwaggle or no hornschwaggle? Mm, hornschwaggle. That's an O-Hornschwaggle. Mm. That's an O-Hornschwaggle. But I think I got one here that you're going to be able to get for uh, so we can send you a gift. Memorial Day week, Memorial Day, is known as the unofficial start of summer. Actually, the official start of summer is the 4th of July. Hornschwaggle <laughs> or no Hornschwaggle? That's a Hornschwaggle. <laughs> there you go. You're a winner. <laughs> Yeah, they, it just, you know, the lilac bushes, uh, when they're starting to bloom, uh, it's kind of a key for a couple of fish. White bass on the uh, and the Winnebago system and the rivers are just committing suicide, and the largemouth bass are starting to uh, get ready to spawn. For the most part, the smallmouth are done by then, but uh, yeah, when the lilac Mark. bushes start to bloom, that's when you want to start looking for largies or white bass. You know, Mark? Yeah, I, I, I've always, you know... Uh, Thought of uh, white bass when when the lilacs also crappie uh, is always usually good uh, once the lilacs sure, are blooming. Sure. You know, yeah. Mark, he really gave it to you with that last one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want our we want our listeners your, to win. Yeah, leave your name and address with Sam, okay, and we'll get those prizes out to you as soon as possible. Okay, thanks, guys. Good show. Okay, thank thanks, you. Thanks for playing, Mark. Well, you had some good ones there, yeah, I, but you did give it to him on that last one. That's well, you got it. <laughs> well, you know, we really want our listeners to win. Right. Yeah, we really do, because our sponsors want them to, you know, use their products, you know? Yep, come into their stores. and uh... Yeah, and I know that if if they, if they you go to Carl's Country Market, as a matter of fact, i got to go over to Carl's Country Market. i got to get some of their barbecue sticks. Um, okay. But, yeah, their barbecue beef sticks are really, really good. They got other ones too, but that's one of my favorites. But I got to go over there and get that. And, you know, once you go once, you're going to go again, you know? 
And that's, that's uh, our favorite meat market. Uh, and sponsor or no sponsor, we we enjoy going there. Yeah, and and even with bait made, I mean, you you use a bait made fish attractant, you know, you're you're going to use more, you know. Oh yeah, use more of it. As a matter and of fact, just the yesterday, insect are good too. I mean, there's a lot of good ones out there, but you know, we're we're getting into mosquito season now, and uh, and we we're we are full swing into the tick season, and uh, they they all help uh, to protect you. They do, yeah. And you know, just yesterday I was using some bait mate, not fishing wise, but I was getting some plastic worms ready by spraying the bait mate garlic and salt in the bag of plastic worms. Right. You know, instead of having to do it when I'm out in the boat squirting it all over the boat or in the lake, you know, and this way I just put it on the worms ahead of time, right in the bag, and good to go. As a matter, oh, here's another thing: I gotta start using those O-rings. On my wacky worms? Yes, yes. I have to because this last week I wasn't using them, and actually the last couple times out, and, you know, I was losing a lot of worms, and, and it's like, and I kept saying, I got to use that O-ring, and I got all the stuff, you know. I was just too lazy to do it. Do you have the tool to slide them on? Huh? Do you have the tool oh, to yeah. slide the yeah. O-ring onto the worm? Oh, yeah, I got all that stuff. Yep. But I was just too darn lazy to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. That's terrible, you know, to have to admit you're lazy to do something like that. And it only it only takes a few seconds, you know? Right. And and it's saved. That O-ring, that, that'll, that'll save you a lot of worms. That, oh, that yeah, they, uh, definitely. You know, the worm won't tear when you when you catch a bass. So right. It'll, you know, in the long run, once you buy that, uh, and Smokies used to carry them, I'm not sure, but it's a, a package with uh, several O-rings in it, and it's a, a a sleeve, a metal sleeve that you stick the worm in and just roll the roll the O-ring off of the sleeve onto the worm. And, you know, once you buy that, it's going to save you money down the road big time. Yeah. Well, it comes in, actually, there's two options. There's the metal sleeve one, which costs more, and then there's a the plastic sleeve, costs less. Okay. And, yeah, like you said, and they come with about 10 O-rings, I think it is, but you can buy packages of O-rings, you know, to go with it, you know, so. Right. Oh, yeah, i got to start doing that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to do it tomorrow for sure, <laughs> for sure. Matter of fact, I'm going to do it today, and I'll have one already on the rod, ready to go, yep. on the hook. I'll, I'll be ready. Well, what you could do is you could just get a bunch of worms already, not even on the hook. Just get your worms you ready, what? slide the O-ring on them, and you just dig in there and pull them out. See, that's how stupid and I, I am. I wasn't even thinking of that. Gee whiz, yes, i got to get do them on all my worms that i got ready to Yeah, They'll yeah. all be ready to go. There you go. Hey, you know, that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to go sit out in the sun and do that. Yep, that's just what I'm going to do. I'll end that's up day smelling plan. like garlic. You there? I'm here. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know if you were going to go or, or if I should keep going. I, I didn't know. You keep going. See, that that's one of the problems about doing the show over the phone. Right. Never really sure when it's your turn to talk. Right. And uh, that's why, you know, Danny and I want to get back to the studio. So. Well, hopefully they'll let you guys back in before too long. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, they're they're keeping us out because we're not station employees. Right. And uh, so I think, I think I don't know, maybe they think we got cooties or something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. But we're both fully vaccinated, you know. Right. We're good to go. So 
I, I wonder, Sam, are you vaccinated? Yeah, but um, it's, you know, company policy and all that. Still, we got to wear masks and all that. Oh, you still do, huh? Yeah, just in the building. I mean, once we get to our, like, stations, like, if I'm behind the board right now or, you know, behind the glass on the other side and all that, then I can take my mask off. But, yeah, just, uh-huh. you know, staying safe for, I guess, like, a couple more weeks. All right. Well, I got to tell you, last night I was so happy. My my wife's and I favorite Chinese restaurant, they opened up their buffet and I was so happy because I really, really liked their food. And, uh, of course, I pay for it, you know, when I get home, you know. But, oh, boy, I was I was in heaven last night. Which one, Tom? It's called Asian Buffet. It's up in Menominee Falls. Okay. And, I, yeah, I really like it. Uh, it's not expensive. It's really good. Um, yeah, so I was so happy. I, you know, I called them a few days ago to find out if their buffet was open and they said it is but they did have a few changes instead of having regular dinner plates and silverware they had paper plates and plastic knives and forks in that um and if you wanted you they had plastic gloves out if you wanted to wear that you had to wear masks coming and going and when you were by the food but sitting at your table you didn't have to wear masks you know okay well that's better than nothing yeah, oh, I'm telling you, I was so happy because uh, I, li- I like going there at least once a month, you know. Mm-hmm. I really like this place. <laughs> but anyway, listen, Ron, it's coming to the top of the hour. Got to take a really short break, folks. We'll be right back with Ron Heidenreich, myself, Tom Neubauer, with more of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. All aboard! Ha, ha, ha! You're on the crazy train! All aboard! <laughs> Welcome to the Wacky Walleye Cutting Edge Outdoor Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Well, here we go for hour two of the Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors. Here you go. Good morning, everybody, and yeah, welcome for Hour 2 of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. We want to thank our listeners for uh, making us the, you know, the most listened to two-hour live outdoor show in Wisconsin. Ron Heidenreich is with us today because Danny Bush is off fishing up in the Bay of Green Bay, and I'm Tom Neubauer, and we're going to take you on an informative and fun ride on the crazy train. You know, and we're going to discuss all kinds of stuff, but if you want to get involved with the show, just give us a buzz at 414-799-1250. And if you want, you can email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. So good morning, everyone. Good morning, again, and good morning, Sam, again. But right now we've got uh, my son Nick on the line. Nick Neubauer is on the line joining us this morning. Good morning, Nick. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you doing this morning? We're morning, just Nick. fine. Now, Nick, uh, I, I already like previewed a little bit, but you you got a new boat to you, new to you, right? New boat to me, and 
I couldn't be more happier. I love this thing. It is. Uh, uh, I fell into it, and it turned out to be the perfect situation. Uh, and the guy I bought it? it from, I've talked to a couple times because I had some questions about it, but great boat, original owner, bought from NW Marine, you know, a handful of years ago, uh, taken care of, and it's a 16-and-a-half-foot Lumacraft uh, Magnum with a 90-horse Merc on the back. You know, bow mount trolling motor, both electric units, uh, you know, locators in front, council. Oh, my God. All the bells and whistles are with it, too. You know, he threw everything in. I could be more static, and I've taken it out. I've only had it for, what, a little over uh, a week and a half, and I've taken it out four times now, and love it. Love it. And your kids kids enjoy the heck out of it, right? Oh, yeah. So I took them out uh, a couple times, and they mostly right now love riding around in it so when i go a little quicker in it you know i haven't i haven't really you know laid into it with the kids in it but uh we drive around the lake we bring snacks we do this i'll do a little fishing while they kind of hang out and we talk and you know, i try to they love the locator they love looking at the, the you know the the up and down and uh, the different weed lines and the depths and they're like what's this what's that and, you know uh, you know it's just been a ball you know i live in um i live in muskego so I have a lot of little area lakes that are really close. Little Mosquito, Big Mosquito, Lake Danone, things like that. And uh, I can be on the lake within a handful of minutes because I live right here. So, no, it's it's been great. Um, went out fishing actually uh, two days ago <clears throat> with my brother-in-law. This is like my second real fishing trip. The first one was with you, Dad. I took my dad out fishing. And uh, I was more, me, I was more getting used to the boat, but he was doing a lot of the fishing. So I was calling myself the guide. I was putting him in position to catch all these fish. Yeah, right. And, uh, okay, thank you. You did, thank, you thank did really you. good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but the other day we went out, and actually <clears throat> we we caught a lot of bass, and I caught a lot of pike. So in the beginning it was all bass. Uh, I was catching on wacky worms and chatterbaits. Uh, a white chatterbait with a paddle tail as a trailer on it. Uh, I think it was a half ounce I was throwing. And then uh, then I started throwing the wacky worm, and I was catching bass on that. And toward the evening, over a nice weed flat, I was throwing that chatterbait again, and within 15 minutes I caught four decent pipes. So all in all, I am ecstatic with this boat. <laughs> and, and, and your wife is happy with it? She enjoys it too, right? She's happy. She'll sit in the back when she came out, and uh, she fished a little bit, but her thing was just relaxing in the waves, which that's fine with me. You know, I, I get to fish in the front. She sits in the back. The kids sit in the middle. They'll fish if they want, or they eat their snacks. If, if the kids are fed, they're happy. I, well, that sounds great. <laughs> you know, most people say that the, the best time, uh, the, the two best times for about a boat is when they buy it and when they sell it. You know, I've heard that. I've heard that. that, But you know, your your brother Chris is happier than heck with his boat all these years. You know, yep. And and Um, and, and you seem happy with yours. So, and uh, hey, we're going out again tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, we are. Yeah, bring a lot of water. Hey, Nick, have the kids figured out how to push all the buttons on your sonars yet? Oh, you got to hear this one, Ron. The second time I go out, so I'm still getting familiar with the boat. I go out now the second time without my dad, and I launch a boat, but there's a ton of people at the launch. I drop it in. I push off, throw the tow motor down, and I go out a little bit, and I'm trying to fire up the help part, right? It's not starting. I'm like, come on. Me and my dad went out just the other day, and it's perfect. And I call my dad, and he's like, well, did you do this, this, and this? I'm like, yeah. 
he goes, you might want to call the owner. So I hang up. My dad calls back 50 seconds later. Did you, uh, your kids were in the boat the other day. Did they pull the kill switch? I'm like, you got to be kidding me. They did. I hit the kill switch, the thing fires right up. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, I've done that already, Nick. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so embarrassed. And there's so many people at the launch. I'm just floating out there, like, trying to start this thing for, like, 20 minutes. Uh, well, Ron's right. We, we've all been there, you know, where the yeah. kill switch got bumped, you know, and uh, got turned off. So, yeah. And speak, yeah. You know, speaking of the kill switch, Ron, they're talking about uh, maybe making that a law down the road that you have to have that lanyard click to your to your life vest or to your body. You know, it it is a law now on on lakes that are on federal waters and that the Coast Guard has control of. It is law. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That would be like Winnebago, uh, Bay of Green Bay, Lake Michigan, Mississippi yeah. River. Yeah. Any federal waters? It's, it's, yeah. it's a law starting uh, April first, I believe. Yeah, I and you know, I'll say anybody with a high-powered, let's say, especially a high-powered bass boat that goes super fast. I mean, it's not a bad idea to clip that baby on, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, things can happen. Yeah. So now, Nick, we got to change directions a little bit. Yeah. We got to talk a little turkey hunting because uh, <laughs> now, last year you got a turkey. I did. So tell us what happened this year. This year I went out and I had the I got drawn for the second week. And I don't know if the listeners out there know, but the second week was very, very, very warm for April. And I'm sitting. I went out in the morning, which was okay. And I didn't, you know, I, I heard gobbles and they weren't responding. I felt like they were they were running away from me. I could hear the gobbles and I thought they're going to come toward. They didn't come, and now I'm trying to chase and things like that. So. I did my whole song and dance for about five, four hours in the morning. Went back to you know camp, had a sandwich, got you know, drank some water. Now it has to be in the mid. It was warm, mid 80s, and uh, I went back out. Now you're in a big ghillie suit, in hot weather, no wind, and I was just sweating my butt off. I didn't see any turkeys in the field. I didn't you know my normal spots I go to. I don't know. See, this is I'm kind of I'm somewhat new to turkey hunting, but. I don't know if warm weather and things like that affect turkeys, if they're in the woods or they're not moving or what, but in the in the afternoon into the evening, well, the evening I heard some gobbling, but I didn't see anything. And I did not get a turkey. I seen a couple hens in the morning, and that was it. That was limited to hunt, hunting. I got to hunt uh, I hunted a Friday evening. That evening I saw, like, a hen. And then Saturday I uh, I got to hunt the whole day, but... I saw one hen, and I heard some gobbles in the morning. That was it. Now it was super warm, and you know everything. But no, I did not get one, and I was very uh, it was frustrating and hot and sweaty. And oh my god! <laughs> well, let me ask you this: Now, a couple weeks ago, you went up north to pick something up and bring it home. What was it? I did. I finally, finally got my bear rug back. I shot a bear in September of 2019, and uh, taxidermist finally called me. And I got to go up north and get it, and it was a good excuse to go up north. Now, this is before I got my boat. So before my boat, I used to fish out of a kayak, and I had a kayak all rigged out, an old-town kayak. It was perfect. So I got to pick up my bear rug, which turned out awesome. I'm actually looking at it right now. <laughs> I'm in the basement. I had it in the basement. It, it, this guy did a phenomenal job. Couldn't be happier. And, now, that's uh, the rug with the paws and the head, right? Yeah, it's got the head, the paws, and uh, 
It is. It's great. Everybody loves it. It's a great conversation piece. People talk about it. Oh, well, you shot this bear? Like, you know, not a lot of people shoot a bear in Wisconsin, I guess. I mean, well, I was I wondering, why, why didn't your wife let you hang that in, like, the living room or the family room or something? <laughs> well, first, I'm going to have to have a talk the, with her. You need to talk to her. She's uh, she's getting squirrely because I wanted to put it over the fireplace, your traditional mount, which I yeah. knew it wasn't going to happen. But That would look awesome it over would look the fireplace. We've been positioning it around the house. Like my son, he's he's going to be six, and he really wants it in his room. So the other day, I had it all set up, and we're about to put it in his room. And she goes, "No, no, it doesn't go with his room." She goes, "That should go in the garage or the basement." So anyway, no. we're still talking about where to put it. I have it in the basement now, laid out on. Uh, it's displayed very nicely. But, well, uh, hey, here's an idea. What about? Outside on the garage, above the garage door, <laughs> so that the whole neighborhood can see it. That'd be good. That'd be very cool. Yeah. Put a couple of those deer antlers out there, and that. <laughs> um, that would fire her up. That would fire her up. But uh, when I went up to go, so let's see, that was um, in the middle of May. I ran up to get this bear, but I was just going to say, when I was up there in my kayak, it gave me an excuse to do some fishing up there. And uh, I hit that crop, that crappie spawn kind of just right. They're they're going into the shallows, and man, did I catch some big crappies. Uh, that one that got off, I had it hovering. Oh, you know, I lifted it up into the kayak. It's hovering, going back and forth. That thing. Now I haven't caught too many really, really big crappies. No, I catch my 11s and 12s, and this thing had to be 14 plus inches. And uh, I just wanted to get in the boat to measure it and take a picture, but it got off as it swung around. But I hit those crappies just right, and, man, were they big. Oh, and I hit some big bluegills up there. Now, up there, that's up in Price County you were, right? I was in Price County, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's the biggest town around there where you were at? Let me think. Biggest town, which isn't that close to where I'm staying, is probably the town of Phillips. Yeah, that's not real close to it, though. <laughs> I actually went in uh, no, a guy that no calls real the show. Town. What? I'm sorry. What the guy that calls your show Ross's Bait Shop? I went in there, yeah, and um, actually went in to buy some night crawlers. And I was talking to the guy, and I'm like, "Hey, are you the guy that calls cutting?" And I was wearing the cutting edge outdoor hat because I, I think Ross calls him or some other guy calls your show. And the guy was, you know, he's fishing out minnows for the, you know, the people. I'm like, "Hey, are you the guy that calls cutting edge outdoors?" You know, the, the fishing show. And he looked at me. He goes, "No." <laughs> I just turned on and walked out. It wasn't the guy. Oh, <laughs> so well. I don't think they get it up there. Well, I remember. I think Bushy has. Uh, he fished up there, and he has a connection with maybe Ross, who owns that place. Oh, maybe, maybe that's yeah, it. yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. Now, so we got some plans for tomorrow. I'm not telling anybody where we're going. It's a secret. <laughs> so <laughs> we will so be going there, yeah. out. We're gonna, uh, yeah, we're gonna go fish uh, a somewhat area lake. It's, it's a little further drive, but uh, it's a great bass lake. A lot of bass in there. We're gonna have some fun. We're gonna catch a lot of numbers, and we'll get a handful of decent fish. But we are gonna catch a number. It's a numbers lake, so yeah, right. We'll have a ball. Yeah, looking forward to that. And I, I like I said, I am gonna bring a lot of water. So listen, do you want to hang around for another segment? We're gonna get Bron involved if he if he's yeah. got any questions in that. All right. Yeah, I'll hang on. Sounds great. All right. So, folks, stay tuned. We got more right here coming up on the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. 
Welcome back. Back in Wallace, cutting edge outdoors. Hey, Tom, I just want to take a second here uh, yeah. before I forget uh, to want to thank all the people that are in uniform and are doing a great job for us. In this crazy times, there's people that don't appreciate them, and we at the Cutting Edge Outdoors truly appreciate what you're doing, men and women. Thank you. Yep, that, and also we want to thank the law enforcement officers, the fire departments, the first responders, Healthcare workers, you know, we appreciate all of you people, too. We back the badge here, back the military and back the badge. So that's uh, correct. thank all those people for what they do because those are not easy jobs, you know, not easy. No, and uh, those that uh, don't want their help, uh, they'll be sorry at some point in time. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. So, Nick, let me ask you, do you think you'll ever be fishing out of your kayak again? You know, that's that's funny. <clears throat> when I took my brother-in-law out uh, the other day, we, me and him were kind of kayak fishing partners. Whenever we went out, when kayaks were always together, we, you know, we really souped up our kayaks. We had a really nice setup. And we're in the boat. You know, I'm, run, I'm in the front. He's in the back. And uh, he did say, he goes, you know what? He goes, I don't think I'm going to fish out of my kayak again. He goes, this is the most comfortable. <laughs> like, he never really fished out of a boat before. Oh. He was just, he, yeah, he... Um, just straight up to kayak or shore fishing and uh he loved it and he said that to me he goes i don't and i said you know what i think i'm with you i don't know if i'm gonna go in that thing again <laughs> <laughs> well you know you might if you want to go to some of those uh little areas you'd go to like up north you know yeah you're right there's there, uh there's no launches they're kind of a you know carry-in type of lakes which yeah. are very nice once you get on those lakes there's not a house on it very quiet you're the only person on it Th- those are nice yes yeah um, I was going to ask you, um, oh, sure. oh yeah, uh, we talked about you need a third seat. You need another yeah. seat for your boat. And I told you and about I, that place. I don't, Ron, you know, you've heard of Kendor Marine, right? Yeah, down on Oak Creek or Franklin. Yeah. Is that Oak Creek is where they are? No, I think that's Franklin right there. Yeah, Franklin. Right, right here, yeah. yeah. Franklin. Yeah, I think they're on, uh, what road is that? It's uh, on Rockland? Highway 100. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, which is also called Ryan Road down in that area. Yeah, that's it, Ryan Road. Ryan Road. Uh, Yeah, because, you know, uh, they should be one of our sponsors. i got to call them because, (laughs) I mean, really, I mean, they carry all these marine supplies. You know, you you need just a seat or a pedestal. You know, you just need little different things. You know, they they got it there, you know, so. Yeah, I was uh, going to go reach out to them and take a look or even just go to the store and browse around. And uh, I did see there was a sale at Blaine's. I always get it mixed up. Fleet Farm or Farm and Fleet <laughs> had a sale yeah. on boat seats, which I'm going to go check that out. And it's a Father's Day sale, and it runs oh. for like a week or two weeks. So uh, yeah. we'll be looking at that as well. So Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, now when the three of us go, uh, one of us won't have a seat. That's true, yes. Yeah, because you got your butt buddy. There'll be yep. a seat in the back. I'll just sit in the middle and take a nap. What the hell? I mean, I'll I'll catch my five bass so quick that I'll just sit there and take a nap. Then. Um, <laughs> hey, I know you guys were talking about the uh, the O rings for wacky worms yeah. before I uh, I got on, and I used to always never use it. And I him and hawed about it, and then uh, was I think it was last year in the winter time I saw one of those tool you know the tool and the O rings on sale. Like a clearance sale. I swear to God, I got it for 50 cents somewhere. Oh, my God. And, yeah. And I bought it. 
and I've been using that since last, like, end of, well, when, you know, this year and all that. I swear, you know, normally you catch one or two fish on that whacking, or they'll pop off or they'll tear this. You can catch, like, ten bass in the same one. I still have the same one on, and I've caught a ton of bass in the last, you know, handful of outings. They are. Let's, they work. let's not get carried away and say a ton. <laughs> hey, I am Tom Newbauer's son, the, the the bass player. You know, he's in the jeans, right? Hey, but, Ron. Uh, Ron, yeah, I, I, I got to tell you this. Uh, over where my son Chris works, they call me the legend. Okay. They call my son Chris Legend 2.0. <laughs> Oh God, yeah. far from right. I know it's yeah, right. so funny. It is so funny. Oh goodness. So no, I'm no, wondering uh, if, if all of our listeners understand what we're talking about: O rings on wacky worms. Uh, uh, Nick, maybe yeah. you can uh, go through with it with them. Yeah, it's uh, so basically it's just a little rubber O ring, a circle O ring that goes in the middle of the wacky worm, and you take the hook and hook it through the O ring so you don't lose so many. Right, yeah, and the way to put it on is the O-ring slips on this tool on the wide part, and the yep. wacky and the worm goes inside the tool, and you only put it in halfway, and then you slide the O-ring down so yep. it clamps on and, you know, grabs that, that, that plastic worm tight. Yeah, yeah, it's a hollow tube. You stick the wacky worm in it, and it goes about halfway. You roll the O-ring all the way up the, the, the tube, and then it just whoop, and it's, you know cinches on in the wherever you want in the middle of the wacky, and uh, it, it actually works. It works. You can catch a lot more fish on the same uh, plastic, and you don't lose nearly as many. Right. So. Yeah, that's that. Is, I wonder whoever came up with that. That's that was such a great idea, you know. Great idea. Yes. I, I, yeah, I think I was at Walmart when I saw it on clearance during the winter time and I picked it up and I'm like, ah, I'm never going to use this. But I bought it cause what's 50 cents, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get this. And, uh, it does work. Yeah. I've had one for a while. And like I said, sometimes, sometimes I'm just too lazy to put it on. I want to, you know, if, if action is hot, you want to hurry up and get a worm on there, you know, yeah. I don't want to spend that few seconds take, you know, doing that. And, but Ron gave me a great idea. I'm just going to put those O-rings on the bag of worms right away. There you go. And that's right. Yes. Put it yeah, today I'm going to do it. Today yep. I'm going to sit there and put O-rings on. Yep. That's very smart. That's a good tip. Yeah. So you got everything. Do you think you got everything figured out with your boat? Did you play with all the buttons and everything? Everything's figured out except uh, I got to mess around with the locator a little bit more. It has the down imaging. It has a 2D sonar. Um, there's all And there's GPS. So I, a little bit more, you know, fiddling around with that but other other than that i think i'm pretty good with it now yeah usually that's the one thing that takes the most putzing around is those darn locators because they do so many things you know oh man nowadays they do everything yeah well ron you have the one sideways and all that and forward oh so ron you have like the side imaging hummingbird or the 360 something like that okay I I I am not familiar with how the menus work in the hummingbirds, but in the Lawrence's, once you get your units all set up, you can uh, put an SD card in and save your settings. Got and it. then that way, if it ever gets goofed up or the kids are having fun pushing yeah. buttons, 
you can just load that card back in there and load your settings back in, and it'll all go back to where you had it. So I, I, I would think that. Hummingbird has something like that in their setup. You know what? I think they do, and uh, I also think they talk. To, they can hook up to each other. So I think you can hook up if it's two Hummingbirds where if I hit, let's say, a GPS point on the bow mount, it will communicate with the console and lock it into that one too so I don't have to put it in both spots or they they just talk to each other. Things you do on one will correlate to the other one and uh it's pretty it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty slick, yeah. You, you guys are too darn technical for me. <laughs> <laughs> too technical. That's for sure. <laughs> well listen it's up uh, for you to get technical, Tom. You huh? can do it. <laughs> I need to get what? It's up to you to become technical. Oh, I don't know if I want to. Hell, hell, I don't even do uh, 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 texting. And that, I know. Uh, what's that? <laughs> that Facebook. Oh, we know, Dad. We know. <laughs> I know. And that Facebook stuff. Uh, and what's that other thing? Be, uh, oh. Tweeting. That's it. Tweeting. I don't. I don't. Any of that stuff. No. No social media for me. No, thank you. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not into all that stuff where you guys are. So you know well, what? I oh, I had Ron, I and and Nick, I had to buy a new printer. My printer went out onto my computer. So I go to the store, I get a printer, I bring it home. You know, it took me over two hours to install that stupid thing. Did they give you? A, did they give you a CD to, for a driver, or did you have to get the driver off the internet? No, they gave me a CD. But the thing is, because I, I was having questions because I couldn't find everything and it didn't explain it. In the, I swear to God, whoever writes these manuals, they got to come out of out of China, and I, it very, you know, I, I, you didn't understand half of it, you know. Anyway, and I talked to this lady and she worked me through. I was on the phone with her for, oh goodness, forty five minutes. She walked me through. All these computer things that I never, ever knew was on my computer. I mean, I didn't even know about it. And she walked me through all this stuff to get it to get it working, you know. But yeah. I, I'm thinking, there's got to be an easier way, you know. Well, the, the problem is, Tom, is that you and I are, are uh, up there and, and we're on the fringe of, of knowing how to do this stuff. And a 12-year-old could have probably installed it in about 30 seconds. Yeah, probably. You know, like they said, well, you, you need a password. So <laughs> I put in a password. I just made one up. And they kept saying, no, that it's not the right password. I said, how can it be How can it be not the right password? I just made it up. I mean, what do you mean? You've got to have a certain password? Well, I didn't know you had to have the Wi-Fi password. It uh, didn't say yeah. that. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, it was driving me crazy. But I got it on, and it works. Thank goodness, you know. Well, worst case scenario, you call Nick or Chris up and they'll oh, fix you up. <laughs> the thing, and, oh, and I talked to three different ladies at the, the the company that you know that I bought the thing from. I brought, I talked to three different ladies that were helping me through this whole thing. Three times I had a call when I was stuck. See, but I didn't want to bother Nick. And, well, I couldn't ask my oldest son because he wouldn't know what to do. So, because uh, I don't know who put his stuff together you nick or was it andy andy i think it might have been andy it yeah. might have been heather and i'm not andy sure yeah. Put it in, yeah and i didn't want to bother nick so i figured I'll, I'll figure this thing out somehow i'll just make a lot of phone i'll let my fingers do the walking 
So anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. It's funny you said that, Ron. About you know a kid that's twelve year old, twelve years old can do that. My daughter's eight, and she is so computer savvy that it's unbelievable the things she can do. When I yeah. was that age, now I'm what forty two. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know what a really computer was. I, I used to play Oregon Trail like in third grade. I don't know if you remember that little with the floppy disk and all that. That was my extent. But your your yeah. daughter knows more than I do. She she does. She, I she, think does. she does. I'm yeah. ki- not kidding. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's a, a challenge for us. Hour. We got to go to a break. Nick, thanks for spending some time with us. We do appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm going to run upstairs and uh, make these kids some breakfast. We have some cousins over. We uh, hung out last night. They slept over, so i got to make these guys a bunch of breakfast burritos this morning. There you go, and I'll see you tomorrow morning. <laughs> Sounds great, Dad. And, okay. Ron, it was good talking to you guys. You okay, better take, take care, care Nick. Nick. Bye now. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Okay, and with that, folks, uh, bottom of the hour, uh, we got to take another break. He's Rodden Heidenreich. I'm Tom Neubauer. Stay tuned for more of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. Welcome back, Milwaukee, to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. Well, Ron, we got another half hour to go. Well, less than a half an hour. Sure. And, uh, well, what's on your mind? Not much. My mind's pretty small. Uh, no, I'm gonna. I got another uh, couple of trips coming up. We're going. I'm gonna be going to uh, to my place on a trip for about three days uh, on the 14th of April, uh, June, and then I'm gonna go to Vermilion for about four days. And uh, we're probably gonna mainly fish for smallmouth, maybe a little musky fishing, but uh, we're gonna target smallmouth bass up on Lake Vermilion in Minnesota for about four days, and then come back and. I think I'm going to head back up to the chip again for about five or six days, and then I'll be back, and then my daughter's getting married in uh, oh, July. she 10th, is. So, uh, July will be a little bit of a, a little vacation from fishing. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Uh, if anybody wants to join the show, they can call us at 414-799-1250 or email us at ceoguys at yahoo.com. You know, I, I usually, I should say that, before we go into a break, and I keep forgetting, so I thought I'd throw it in there then. Uh, now, Ron, what about the Canada deal? Now, you used to go to Canada uh, a couple times a year. Well, I've, uh, I've got a trip uh, right now that's, that is, if it, if the border opens, we'll be up there from July 17th until, uh, I think it'll be about the 23rd. Yeah, um, when do you think you might find out? The well, the Canada they 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 tend to make the announcement. They they do it in in one month increments as far as how long uh, it's, if it's open or closed, yeah. and they tend to do it around the the nineteenth or twentieth of each month to make the announcement as to if it's going to be open or closed. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I read a post on Facebook this morning from my resort, the resort that I go to, and and uh, I take that back. There's a resort I used to go to. And he's optimistic that it, it may happen in July, but he thinks it's going to happen for the month of August. Oh. So, um, but at any rate, uh, we're prepared, you know, if, if they make the announcement that we can go across the border in uh, uh, around the 17th of July, uh, we'll be ready to go. Um, they're probably going to require uh, proof of vaccination, which, you know, that's no problem for me. I've, I've, we've had our shots for, you know, months now. Yeah. So um, we're just hoping for the best. I know you know they've 
a lot of the Canadian resorts, including the one that I go to, uh, are still holding our deposits. So, um, and they're more than willing to keep rolling it over year after year until um, till the uh, Trudeau opens up the government, uh, opens up the border. Yeah. Well, okay. Now, getting back to these uh, plastic worms. Now, you know, years ago, long time ago, there were things like. Uh, uh, man's jelly worms, you remember those, right? Yes, yep. And uh, culprit worms, productive yep. worms. You you don't see a lot of those anymore. You see a no, lot of it different seems like some of these bigger companies like either so swallowed them up or, or they, the small ones just couldn't compete. Because, you know, you, you've got a lot of your um, uh, Z-Man stuff and, and uh, uh, obviously um, uh, the Wisconsin one, uh, uh, no, but... The one that oh, Kalen has, I, I can't think of the name right now. But Kalen. bigger companies, Kate, they're, you they've me? got the market pretty well, Ron. well tied up. Ron, Yamamoto does with talk? the wackies and um, hello. Yes, can you hear me when I talk? Yes. You know, while you're talking, do you hear me if I say something? No. Oh, okay, that's it. Because every now and then, while you're, you know, like when you said, "What's that Wisconsin company?" and I said, "Kalen's." Yep, but that's the one. But you didn't hear me. You know, you kept on talking. I, see, I was wondering if you could hear me or not. Okay. It's either in the connection or my hearing one or the other. <laughs> yeah, it's probably in the connection. And see, and that's another one of those things, doing doing the show by phone, it, it, it's so different. You know, when you're in the studio, you can see each other and look at each other. You know, you know what's going on right away. You know what I mean? Right, right. Here, uh, doing it on the phone is tougher. But anyway, yeah, that's Kalen's. But, but... Nowadays, everybody—it seems like everybody and their uncle makes a, 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 a pencil-style, wacky-style worm. You know, everybody makes that. Yep. The three that I—that to me, okay, to me are the most popular. Are number one the Yamamoto, sen- yep. the Yamamoto Senko, but those are also the most expensive. Yep. Then you got the the uh, uh, Salty Sinker by Chompers. I like that one a lot because there's uh, are got the garlic smell already on them. Those are a little less expensive, but probably the best deal out there is the Yum Dinger. Okay, that's that's the least expensive. It's like it's less than half the price of the other two, less than half. So so in in uh, I, I believe the Yamamoto's have the most amount of salt in them, which which uh, increases the rate of speed of sinking. How does the uh, choppers and the uh, Yum Dingers uh, work? Oh, they they all work. They they all will catch fish, all of them. You know, but I right, do but I mean, firmly the, the, believe the amount of salt that's in them it determines how fast they sink. And I was just wondering where the where the humdinger and the um, chopper comes in. They're next all, to the they're all Yamamoto. Close. They're all really close. Okay. But the reason I really like the chompers or any plastic worm, I I firmly believe in the garlic, squirting the garlic oil, the the bait mate garlic and salt, putting it on those worms. You know, squirting in it in the bag of worms. I'm a firm believer in the garlic. I definitely believe in it. But but the yum dinger, it costs a lot less, and it does just fine. It catches fish too. You know. I mean, they all work. They all will catch fish. So, and then do they you know, offer like said, the uh, the assortment of colors? You know, with the different amounts of, of uh, like watermelon flake well, and stuff like that in in the worm. Oh yeah, yeah. The the, the 
they they all got well. Let's put it this way: uh, the Yamamoto Senkos have got more colors than than stars in the sky. I swear to God, <laughs> they got every color under the sun. The Chompers and Yum Dingers they they've got a lot of colors. But you'll you'll notice one thing if you look at all the different companies, the major colors they all make the really good. Everybody makes the same, some of the same colors. That's because those colors work all the time. You know, green pumpkin watermelon. Yep. Yeah, and my favorite is the watermelon with the red flake in yep. it. That one, it, to me, it always works. I mean, there, every now and then, you know, sometimes you you get on a kick of a different color that works as well. You know, that works. But you know, like I remember one year, the red bug. That one worked for me. I think it had some blue flake in it. Uh, that worked really good for me for one year. After that, it didn't work so good for me. Another year, the salt and pepper worked really good for me. After that, it didn't work so good. You know, so, but but uh, the watermelon with the red flake, and number two for me is the watermelon with the purple flake. Either one of those two work really good. But you know what else is really good? Is the, oh, oh, come on, Ron, you know the name. Uh, think of a really good one. June bug. I just oh, okay. June bug is another really good one. So, so you know, I'm not as versed in in large mouth as I, I I'd like to think I am in small mouth. Why is uh, when you're talking jigs, say a jig and a craw or or a, you know jig and a pig type of a setup? Why yeah. is black and blue jigs so popular? You know, it's just one of those color combinations that has worked. Now, a crayfish does not look like black and blue. Right. It does it's more orangey, you know, brownish and orangey. And those are good colors too for jig and cross, okay? Uh browns and oranges and that. But black and blue for some reason fish like it, bass like it. I yeah, don't ask me why, Ron. Uh, I don't know. You watch some of these uh, tournaments that are on T V with the the big time tournaments and you know, they're almost always throwing a a, a jig that's got black and blue uh, rubber uh in into it. Yeah. And my favorite craws, it's, there's two colors of the craw on the back of the flipping jig. Uh, one is black with blue fleck, and one's black with red fleck. Okay. But the black and the blue flake is my my favorite one. But yeah, you know, you know, the thing, the the problem is, is that we're not looking through bass's eyes. How they see it and interpret it, we don't know. You know, we'll never know. Right, but they do like black and blue, without a doubt. And the huh. other thing I like, Ron, is taking our last break of the of the day. All <laughs> so oh, right, the last uh, commercial break of the day, folks, is coming up. So stay tuned for more. He's Ron Heidenreich. I'm Tom Newbauer. This is the Wacky Walleye Cutting Edge Outdoors. <laughs> Welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors on 1250 WSSP. Well, Ron, last segment of the show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what we didn't talk about was muskies on Pewaukee Lake. This this is the time of the year where uh, they should be uh, starting to really kick in the gear now. You know, I, I actually haven't talked to anybody lately. Uh, I did get a photograph this morning uh, from a friend of mine, 
that uh, his his uh, girlfriend caught a really you know a nice muskie. I'm assuming it probably came from Pewaukee. I'm not positive, but the month of June. It, it, let me start over. The month of May is a very inconsistent month uh, for muskie fishing. It can be good. It can be terrible. And it's just plain inconsistent. Right. We're in June now, and things should start shaping up and, and be a bit more consistent and more patternable. So I, I would think that things are going pretty well over there right now. Yeah, I've always found, like, right around that second week of June, it gets really good. I know uh, up in Monaco, a lake I used to fish a lot, and still go there once a year, but uh, June is the time when it really they really start turning on up there. June and September, you know. I'll, I'm going to start. Uh, I did, like I say, I was up north last week, Memorial Day for the uh, what would be the musky opener up there. But I never even took any musky tackle along with me. But I'm going to start fishing for muskies now when I go up uh, next week, and uh, I'll do some musky fishing and still some smallmouth fishing. But now's the time that I'll start getting going on that. Yeah, you know, I don't think a lot of people. Well, maybe a lot of people, more people know now than before. But the smallmouth fishing. Uh, the smallmouth bass fishing up in northern Wisconsin is so good on so many lakes. It's just exploded over the years. And, and in addition to that, the largemouth fishing is pretty darn good, too. Yeah, that's true. It is. You know, back, I know, I know this was a long time ago, but back in, I don't know if it was 1980 or 81, I fished, uh, I think it was some kind of BASS championship tournament, on the Monaco chain of lakes. And at that time, we, we were all wondering, Monaco chain of lakes? There's no bass up there, <laughs> you know? Nobody fishes for bass in those waters up there. But, you know, the funny thing was, we did catch bass, you know? Yep. There were bass there. And as a matter of fact, uh, when I was up with my sons this uh, last Labor Day, we were on Kawaga Saga, and we slammed the 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 largemouth on that lake and on uh on Monaco Lake and on Little Arbor Vita you couldn't keep the 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 smallmouth off of your hook there yeah. were so many you know i mean so yeah they're just just terrific bodies of water up there that got so many bass they're a lot of fun there is one problem Ron, What's is that? that all the all the smallies were loaded with those uh black spots Okay. You know, the what do they call that? Uh, uh, not an infection. Uh, what's the word for that? Uh, oh, some kind of a worm? Uh. Yeah, yeah, well, it's the worms that end up in the flesh. But uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, they, they have that. And, and you know, it turned out the largemouth bass had them too. Okay. You know, the walleyes didn't have one. No, None of those black spots on the walleyes. The northern pike, uh, I didn't see any on the big pike. On the smaller pike, yes. On the big pike, no. You know, but, something uh, I'm starting to see now, which we never saw in northern Wisconsin, is there are now uh, fellows that are guiding for bass. And that, yeah. you know, in years past, you were you were either a pan fisherman guide, a walleye guide, or a muskie guide. And now there are several up there that are specializing in large and smallmouth bass. And, you know, that's just a, a testament to the amount of to the population of the bass up there now. Yeah, and, and there's some areas, lakes up there, that they want you to take them out. You know, get rid of some of these. There's so many of them, you know. Hey, well, and, uh, you know, my lake, the, the Chippewa Flowage, um, uh, starting the opening of the fishing season, the first Saturday of May, 
uh, it's catch and keep for largemouth on that, and no size limit. They they want you to, to catch them and keep them. Yeah, yeah, get yeah. I mean, there's so many of them. They're so prolific, and I know I've talked about this in the past, but like uh, like Oconomowoc Lake, it used to be where you know if you caught you know twenty bass, eighteen or nineteen would be smallmouth, one or two would be largemouth. Okay. Now, nowadays, it's just the opposite. Just the opposite. Mm. All largemouth and smallmouth. And I, I don't know what's happening there. If they're, they're getting pushed out. I, too many largemouth. They're just on an explosion of population. I don't know. It's something I'd like to ask our DNR fisheries biologist, you know, if he knows anything that's going on there. I'm not real up on, on the biology of the of the how the lakes work in that, but it, it seems to me that the, the uh, war on largemouth bass that they've declared on, on the foliage anyhow is, is related to the walleyes. That, um, some people say that a, a really good walleye lake is, should, is not a really good bass lake and, and vice versa. So, uh, you know, I think in, in, in the case of the Chippewa foliage, they like to, to keep that as being a, a walleye uh, lake more so than a bass lake, then that's why they declared war on the largemouth. Yeah, and there's a lot of smallies in the Chippewa flowage, right? Oh, yeah. They're just the size structure tends to be a little bit smaller than, right, right. than on deep and clear lakes. Right. Yeah, and I'll tell you, that Chippewa flowage, I've been only up there a couple of times in my life, but I'll tell you what, that's some beautiful country, and, you know, the first time you go up there, you can get lost. It's <laughs> I mean, about as close I mean, to going to Canada as you can get. Uh, minus the rocks, you know. Exactly. It's, uh, yeah, it's. I, just, I believe the percentage is something like ninety-two percent of the flowage is natural, uh, and only eight percent of it is developed. So, uh, you know, you don't see a lot of cabins, you don't see a lots of resorts. Uh, it's just, it, you know, it doesn't have the rock outcroppings that you see in in Canada. Yeah, it it, it is a it is a beautiful beautiful area. I would recommend anybody that. If you get a chance to go up there, I would go up there. Now, well, listen, it's a, Ron, it's about it is a good time. fishery. It's uh, musky-wise, the Chippewa flowage is probably a, a quality fishery rather than a quantity fishery, uh, but it's a good crappie and and northern and walleye and bass fishery also. Right. So it's you know if you're not going up there to catch muskies, it's a great place to go. If you go for muskies. Uh, be prepared to be humbled because it, it can be tough, but the fish are very nice size. Yeah. Well, Ron, I want to thank you for joining me today, you know, for filling in for Danny. I always do appreciate it when you do. You're the go-to guy. You know? All right. Thanks a lot yeah. for having me. Yeah, well, thank you again. And, folks, thanks for listening. We'll be right back with more. I guess not. To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 